Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the sixth annual Hoopsville Marathon. We're here again, and we welcome you in. If you've got questions for us throughout the day, you can always tweet us, Facebook us, email us. There's lots of ways to get a hold of you, us, I should say, and we hope you will find uh, interact with us enjoy the show with us i'm your host dave McHugh. twitter is at d3 hoopsville and hashtag hoopsville facebook is facebook.com slash hoopsville La email we're trying now is just my personal email address be nice um that is dave at dave dot McHugh at d3 sports.com and let's see what else um, there's chat rooms on YouTube. There's a chat room on Facebook. We'll try and maintain our presence there as well. And there's other ways to get a hold of us, but we hope you will enjoy it somehow, some way. Join us and enjoy the show with us. Uh, we've got a lot to talk about in Division Three basketball throughout the day, and our guest list runneth aplenty. Lots of people we may even add as things move along. That is not unusual. And, of course, there's always... A, a happy hour, as it were, at the end of the show. Now, the show is a little bit shorter than it normally is. Uh, we're going about eight or so hours instead of 12 to 14, as we have in the past. Reasons for that include sanity. We'll, we'll, we'll lead sanity at the top of that. To be blunt, it's been a grind of a year. Um, I wouldn't say my health is in its best shape that it's ever been. We need to work on that, but helping to work on that means let's not do 12 to 14 hours this year. We may return to that at some future date, especially if we can get some producers somehow for free or somehow fundraise and get more money. Um, but for today, we'll do eight or so hours. To be honest with you, that's still plenty. We have about 20 more or more guests today that will be appearing, and we will run the gamut. We have had a tradition that this show is always timed for right before the first set of regional rankings and appropriately enough it's also after the committees have done their first mock rankings no you will not see the mock rankings let's get that out of the way now but they have at least gone through the process and understand where they are sitting with things so we will actually kind of bookend the show this year with the committee chairs we will start in just a few minutes with Montclair Women's Basketball Coach and Women's National Committee Chair Karen Harvey. She will join us here on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Buff, uh, Blue Frame Technology. Uh, later in the show, near the end, Sam Atkinson, the Gallaudet Associate Athletics Director for Communication and Men's National Committee Chair, will join us. Interestingly enough, both chairs could serve multiple years, so they might as well just get used to what we're doing here, right? Of course, we talked to them at the beginning of the year. Excuse me. Uh, talk to them at the beginning of the year about um, things and how they were settling in. We traditionally, as a result, then talk to them now with regional rankings set to come out next week. And I can't believe we've already gotten to regional rankings, believe it or not. We will, of course, talk to them unofficially between now and rankings appear, maybe getting them on the show. Who knows? And then we always talk to them once the brackets have been released. And, of course, talk to them if we can in, in the final four locations as well. But this has become a tradition. We look forward to talking to them. The list is long. It'll include Mike McDevitt from St. Joseph's of Maine Women's Basketball, Daphne Thompson from Suniano, or I'm sorry, Oneana Women's Basketball. She's also our WPCA Center Court guest. Um, we got to fix the uh, schedule. Calvin's men's basketball co coach, Kevin Vanderstreek, is unable to join us, but their AD and former men's basketball player, 
Dr. Jim Timmer will join us. Greg Mitchell from Hope Men's Basketball joining us. The Hope-Calvin men's rivalry is at game 200 this weekend. We will talk to those two about that, and we have a big announcement about the game. Steve Moore from Worcester Men's Basketball join us. Kent Dernbach from uh, UW Lacrosse Men's Basketball. Gordon Mann will make an appearance and chat primarily women's basketball, but the state of Division Three as well. Candice Brown from Vassar Women will join us. Stephanie Flamini from Guilford Women will be with us. Charlie Brock, Springfield Men's Basketball Coach, President of the NABC, will join us in the NABC Coaches Corner. Elliot Steinmetz, the Yeshiva Men's Coach, will join us. Matt Logie from Whitworth. They're on a two-game slide. We'll talk to Matt. Uh, later in the program, Tim Layden from Sports Illustrated. He's a Williams grad, and he wanted to talk Division Three basketball. So we put him on the show. We will talk to the senior writer from Sports Illustrated. Uh, it says Charlie brought another fix. Bill Finney, former Marymount's athletics director and women's basketball coach, will join us to give his take on women's basketball. Believe it or not, the former coach still got a pulse on women's basketball. Danielle Donahue, WBCA executive director, will join us. Danielle has become a staple with this marathon show. We'll talk to her. Josh Erickson from Beyond Sports will join us, a unique organization that is sponsoring the first ever women's all-star game. We'll talk to Josh about all of that and his program. We mentioned Sam Atkinson will join us, then Trevor Woodruff from the Scranton women's team. We have a little bit of time. We may throw in another guest. And of course, we have the happy hour. So that's all ahead, and we hope you will join us here today. Of course, a lot been going on. The new top 25s are out, and already we have had some upsets. If you read my blog, I hinted at the fact that Loris, who has knocked off both uh, Nebraska Wesleyan and Augustana, had a loss to um, uh, Dubuque earlier this season and that they had a rematch with Dubuque. Well, guess what happened? Uh, they lost to Dubuque <laughs> yesterday. Uh, hey, Loris, what are you doing, the Dewhawks? Dewhawks can't handle Dubuque. So what to make of that, to be honest? So they took a loss. Um, Whitworth lost to Whitman in a game that at 110.98 wasn't that close. Uh, Whitworth made a nice run at the end. But Whitman has now swept this regular season series three years in a row. The last time, by the way, Whitworth lost back-to-back games in the regular season was November of 2014. Um, Lynchburg has lost now three in a row. They lost to Roanoke. Hint, hint, we mentioned that that would be a tough game. They've got Bridgewater ahead, and they it doesn't get any easier. Randolph-Macon and others are ahead for Lynchburg. In the receiving votes category, Scranton lost to Susquehanna in overtime. That's just on the women's side. Uh, I'm sorry, on the men's side. On the women's side, uh, some interesting results. Um, not a lot of losses. Misericordia lost to DeSales in a nice game earlier this week, 68-59. That's Misericordia's second loss. I don't think a shocking loss to some degree. Babson lost to Emerson. That was a head-scratcher. Not really sure what to make of that. A number of games have been postponed. The WIAC, CCIW, MIAA, and other conferences all delayed games on Wednesday to tonight. The MIA, MIAA has moved and then, or has now moved those games tonight to Monday. Now, remember, a lot of the bitter cold is more towards that neck of the woods today and tonight. It looks like the WIAC and CCIW will continue with their schedules this evening. We'll keep an eye on that just in case. That's also why we've got a bunch of coaches in the middle of the day. A lot of our coaches later in the evening had to shift up because of all of that. So we'll keep an eye on schedules and whatnot as well 
So lots going on. We'll certainly talk throughout. Uh, nice little note. Let's see if I can find it real quick. Dan says, surprise at Whitman margin of victory the other night against Whitworth. No, I, I don't think I was for a couple of reasons. It was at Whitman. Automatically, I thought Whitman would have an easier time of it than they did up at Whitworth. I'm a little surprised Whitworth didn't have a little more fire in them. Uh, having come off a loss to Willamette, uh, I would figure they'd be a little bit more gung-ho for that game. I think also that we find, and, and I could be wrong here, but I find the first game in the regular season between these two teams is more heavily contested than the second game. Um, I think they have a ton of emotions that first time. I think the second time, while the emotions are there, they're not as fired up because they haven't been sitting as long. The grind of the season's more in play, um, but they've, they've, they've kind of dumped a lot of their emotions in the first game. And then they all get riled back up again, obviously, in the conference tournament because there's a lot more at stake. So, no, I'm not surprised by the margin of victory. I'm more surprised that Whitworth, that, that margin of victory was, it was as close as it was, that, that the game was actually further apart um, for most of the game, that Whitworth had, or had nothing for Whitman earlier in the game. Um, surprised by 12 points at the end, no. But near 20-point game, you know, three, four, five minutes earlier, that surprised me. They uh, Whitman did a good job of holding Kyle Roach in, in check, though I think Ben College is having a better season than Kyle Roach this year. Um, but it was at Whitman, so I'm not overly surprised. I'm just surprised that Whitworth didn't come out, apparently, a little bit more vin and vinegar, if that makes any sense. Two WIAC games today, two on Monday. Thank you. So already some changes in the WIAC. Um We'll see if the others continue on that pace. They could make some last-minute changes, but already some moving to Monday. So thank you for that update. Trying to see if we got some others. Keep the coffee brewed. Well, uh, I do. Here's my first cup. It's actually a little bit warm. Hmm. It's cooled down a little bit. We're going to have to uh, get that thing uh, drank real quick, but uh, I got my Chicago mug here. Um, and then I got a whole nother carafe of coffee. Um, I also have not one. But two things of water, so we're good there. I even have a small bottle of water in case I need it, so we're good on the on the refreshments. Expecting a great show. I got caught up after losing three class days and rearranging my schedule like ba basketball coaches. Jim from Madison. Jim, that's awesome. If you got caught up because of snow days on the show, that's outstanding. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, Dave uh, Del Palma says hi. Hi, Dave. Trinity women playing well. Yeah, Trinity women playing well, uh, getting some love. From um, the top 25 voters, uh, are, we'll talk to Gordon Mann about Trinity. I think he's perplexed with his alma mater. Um, I don't think he, he sees them as a, as a real top 25 team. That's not a knock on Trinity. Uh, I think he's more perplexed. And to be honest with you, if I was voting or looking at my alma mater, and, and granted my alma mater is not in the same boat right now, but if my alma mater got back to that boat, I, I would probably be in the same boat with Gordon. Uh, I think by default you downplay your, your, your alma mater, and I think Gordon's downplaying his alma mater just a wee bit. Uh, trying to see if we got any tweets that we should keep an eye on. Don't see them as of yet, so we'll keep out. But thanks for all the comments, folks. We'll try and keep a track of all your comments throughout the day. We're not simulcasting on, um, on uh, Periscope today. It just didn't seem any worth it. To this beast and Facebook, I'll warn you guys now. We max out at four hours. We will try and finagle. We're not sure how it's going to work, but we're going to try and finagle um, restarting streams every four hours or so 
on Facebook. Um, we're using a Dune system this year, and we haven't tried it without stopping the other one. We can't really, we don't want to stop the mainstream. So we'll see what happens on the simulcast on Facebook. With that, we got to take a break because Karen Harvey is ready to chat with us about women's basketball and more. That's all coming up. So don't forget, we got a lot to update. We hope you will keep track of the schedule if you can on our main page. We will uh, make some small changes in there that apparently we can't. Uh, last night when we finished it up or made some changes, we, we didn't catch. But um, check it out. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. This is going to be fun. Lots to talk about. We didn't even talk about the Triple C, the craziness in the Commonwealth Coast Conference last night. We'll talk a little bit about that later in the show as well. You're listening to Hoopsville, the marathon, the sixth annual marathon show. We're talking nothing but Division Three basketball. You should be joining us. Tell your friends. Tell everybody. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. We will be back with plenty more. We're just getting started. Pace yourselves after this. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. us who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Amy Reed, head coach at RIT and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave.
Welcome back, everybody. Sorry about that. Got uh, distracted trying to tweet out about our next guest. Already off and running here on the marathon, and we hope you are enjoying it. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, we are going to try and make sure to tweet out every single one of our guests throughout the night, or uh, throughout the day. I'm so used to this being an evening show. So uh, don't be afraid to join us and interact with us. Uh, we'll get to your questions when we can. We're going to start the show with a bang, per se. Uh, the first guest out of the block, no pressure on her, is the head coach of the Montclair State women's basketball team. But she's also the committee chair for the Nash Division Three women's basketball committee. In her, oh, I've forgotten now. I think she's in her third year and she could potentially serve six, something crazy like that. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, it's Karen Harvey. And Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to join us here. Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for having me. I don't know if I'm excited or nervous about being the very first guest on the show. <laughs> yeah, you're setting, you're setting the bar. You can either set it low and let everybody else achieve, or you can set it really high and have everybody try and fail. It's up to you. I like that. Okay, good. So no pressure on <laughs> no, me. <laughs> no, no pressure at all. Uh, we, and I said earlier in the show, we're kind of bookending the show this year with the committee chairs, so it'll be fascinating. And obviously, not that you would have the same answers from everybody, but I'm, it'll be interesting how on top of things I am with Sam later in the show. <laughs> um, first and foremost, Karen, we should point out, regional rankings for the first time come out next week. I cannot believe we're already at that point in the season. Uh, and as a result, you as a national and as the RACs have already gone through the, stage, the, the initial steps of doing some mock rankings and kind of getting your feet wet, as it were. How, how, did, the, how did the first kind of, quote-unquote, week go with rankings and, and whatnot? Uh, you know what? I think it was great. Um, we had our all of our RAC calls were on Tuesday, and National Committee reported back that you know they felt really like everybody had pretty strong racks and people were working really hard. And and uh, there's a lot of veteran racks out there right now. Um, my rack in the Atlantic is almost all new, all except for one member, and I thought they really crushed it. Um, so I think we were pretty. I think the National Committee as a whole were pretty excited about our racks, uh, which is really, really important because those people do all of the hard leg work. And, um, you know, we're, our job is to facilitate. Um, so I think we're pretty excited with the racks, the way the rack calls went on Tuesday. And then uh, yesterday we had our first national call. And, um, and you know, we have a very veteran uh, national committee. Um, so it was, you know, sometimes that first mock call uh, sometimes it's three hours, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, it falls on a lot of people's game days. So you're a little nervous yeah. about that, but <laughs> it, um, it went great. You know, we, we, we were about two and a half hours, um, and it went pretty smooth and, and a lot of feedback and a lot of people talking and good discussions. And so, you know, I think I got off the phone feeling really great. And I talked to a few other members afterwards and, you know, everybody feels like we're we're you know we're in a good place, and and we're everybody's really excited. Bunch of things to unpack there. I'll first say, of course, you think the Atlantic rack is is stacked uh, and awesome. Um, you, I would expect nothing else from you. Uh, <laughs> second of all, I mean, obviously they're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're good. You're running things. I, I'm not surprised. Um, the other thing, let, let's quickly go through the National Committee, because uh, I'm looking at the pre-championship handbook, which, which came out, I would say it's definitely coming out earlier than we're used to, which is great. But 
We don't have all the answers. Obviously, you're on there from the Great Lakes. It's Kristen Huffman from um, DePaul. From the South, it's Polly Thomason from Texas, Dallas. Uh, Jim Scheibel from Rochester. Dan Fisher, who's the commissioner of the Landmark out of the Mid-Atlantic. Michelle Williams out of Simmons is the new one from the Northeast. We should mention Dan's the new one from um, Landmark. Oh, and Leslie Irvine uh, from Pomona Pitzer. But... I don't see a name for the Central, and I forgot what you told me at the beginning of the year who was representing the Central. Right, so we have Megan Wilson, the head coach from oh, UW Platt. Right. Oh, yep. darn. Then, I wish I knew that when I saw her in Vegas. Yeah, well, or yeah, her on she's earlier. fantastic. Yeah, she's, well, she's fantastic. She, but she's also been tied up with personal issues. We had her on earlier in the show with the WBCA. Yeah. Um, but it, it's nice to hear that she's staying involved in that way. Yeah, you know, and this was a it, this was a great thing for her. Uh, you know, she really wanted to stay involved, and uh, you know, she's super smart, and mm-hmm. uh, this gives her an opportunity. And she flew through. I mean, uh, she crushed it yesterday. She she was absolutely fantastic. Everyone on the national committee was like, "Wow, she she knows her stuff." So she definitely did her homework, and you know, she she did really well with the central region. Um, and then we did have one change in the northeast. Oh, okay. Um, so due to, uh, I, I think, due to, due to some work responsibilities, um, Michael Williams. Oh, I said Michelle uh, from, earlier, didn't I? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you did. That's fine. No, no. <laughs> Michael Williams from Simmons was unable okay. to continue. And so um, what what we did is Kelly Thompson came back. Oh, great. Okay. So some yeah, so familiarity so, there. Yeah, we have a, yeah, so we have a veteran uh, in the Northeast. And as you know, Dave, as you might imagine, that region is, <laughs> you know, it, it's tough. You, you have to be on your stuff. So yeah. I think for us, you know, when you bring back, uh, when you, it happened so late, you know, so I think it was a great decision by the NCAA um, to try to bring back a veteran and get them in place um, and get them up, you know, really able to get them up to speed quickly to be able to handle the Northeast. Well, um, and two, and the other thing too is it, it lessens the amount of, for lack of a better word, um, rookiness on the committee because you had Dan that was new, you had, the central region being new, you had the northeast region already being new. That was three of your group. I can't even remember. I think Leslie Irvine was on the committee last year. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah thank you. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. So at least it lessens you know, from three to two and, and gives a little more stability as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we have, uh, so we really have a, a huge returning group. Yeah. I, you know, we only have two new members now, Daniel Fisher and Megan Wilson, and and obviously you know Dan. You know he yep. he, he he knows his stuff and does a great job. So um, so we're pretty excited about the the committee that's put together, um, and it, it went really well yesterday. And we should point out too, we already know the Landmark Conference is looking for a a new commissioner. He's going to be stepping down. So unfortunately, it may be a one and done for Dan. But you're right. I do want to get a question in the Mid Atlantic, if you don't mind, though. I know it's not your region, but it's got an interesting scenario, and I'm curious if you can give us a little bit of an inside understanding of how this would work out. Um, Dan's obviously the chair, and chairs don't vote like yourself in the Atlantic until you get to the national side. You're not voting on the rack. But this is a who's who list in the Mid-Atlantic. And who's who because these teams are all in question. You have Bill Broderick from Christopher Newport representing the CAC, Nate Davis from Gettysburg representing the Centennial, Janice Luck from Albright representing the Commonwealth, and Trevor Woodruff from Scranton representing the Landmark. There's potentially three top 25 teams there and maybe all talking about where they should be ranked at the top of the rankings or in the middle of the rankings. And it's not like Janice doesn't have a good team at Albright either, but it could end up just being Janice discussing things with Dan at one point if all three of the others have to back themselves out from the conversation. How would that work? 
Well, you know, I think there's a lot of checks and balances, and you know this, Dave. So, yeah. And everybody takes this responsibility really seriously. So even though you've got some top 25 coaches on there um, who might be in the mix, you know, everybody's professional, and, right. and I and I and I think that you handle it that way. You know, I, it, it, not this year, but I've been in that situation. Right. You know, uh, during my time in the rack and during my time as a national, you know, on the national committee. And you know, if anything, I think you tend to to like you were saying, tend to like underrate your team sure. because you want to make sure that you know you don't have that bias. And these guys are you know veteran coaches and. and and great people, and they have a good moral compass. Uh, you know, so I don't, uh, you know, I, we don't see it as being an issue. And then there's always the checks and balances, and that's what's the great part of it is. So, you know, the the rack will do their job, um, and we have full confidence that they'll do that. And then when it gets to the National Committee, if there's any question, I mean, that's the whole point of the system. Right. There's seven, you know, eight people on the National Committee that will that look very, very carefully at every region. You know, it, when we say our calls take two and a half to three hours, it's because w- while one, you know, national committee member is presenting, the seven other people mm-hmm. are checking uh, everything. You know, and then and then you know, I think I kind of see one of my jobs as the chair sure. is to make sure I'm checking what they're doing. So, and then we have you know, you have the NCAA rep on the uh, on the call, and then Kelly Whitaker's fantastic for women's basketball. Mm-hmm. So. You know, there's a lot of checks and balances. I, I, I don't see it as any issue whatsoever. Well, and I'm not saying issue. I'm just wondering, obviously, one of the steps involved is to, to you know, step back from the conversation, to be muted or to be off of a call. And obviously, that, that's more of a real national conversation, and that's where we really talk about it. So that's why I was kind of making it a little light. It might be Dan and Janice just sitting there talking about yeah. well, CNU, be, <laughs> Gettysburg, be, and Scranton. Who would, <laughs> I know. Who would you rather have, though? Janice, Janice is awesome. Oh, absolutely, so. yeah. She's a straight shooter. She can handle it. Yeah, no, it's just I feel bad to some degree. But then again, yeah. as you said, we should point out, Regional Advisory Committee, that, that middle word's key here. And not that you would do it, but ultimately the national committee could say, "Hey, rack, you're clueless. We're going to re-rank. We're going to re-rank for you guys, and, and we're going to do it yeah. the way we want." This they're supposed to just kind of advise, help, and get you maybe six of the steps out of the way. Um, if it really goes south, though, you can always just say, "Forget it. We're going to do this ourselves." I, I'm, I'm not saying that happens. I'm just saying ultimately you can take over and make whatever changes you need to make. Right, as a national player, yes, and right. then, you know, and then and then David, you know, there's checks and balances involved in that too. I mean, right. there has to yeah. be a motion and a second to the motion, and there has to be a vote. Right. So, you know, there's. Yeah. Um, I, I think they've done a good job to make sure. You know, and, and I don't think we've ever had any issues in women's basketball of that kind. But it is no, funny. No. It is funny. It I is. It's you. just kind of. It's kind of. It's literally a who's who list in the mid Atlantic. Um, and that was pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's. I love that coaches are involved. It's tremendous. I also think it changes their perception sometimes when not not this group, but you know, you get complaints from, oh, why are they ranking like this, or what do they mean sure. that this has to be happening? And all of a sudden, someone serves on a committee and they come back going, okay, so I get it now. I understand. And all of a sudden, their schedule changes. Um, question when you guys went through all of this what do you see as maybe potential challenges as this progresses on with regions or rankings and such that you're going to really have to figure out you know the the SOS maybe isn't giving you the best answers or you know what what do you see right now as challenges that the committees are going to have to face this year well you know I think that one of the challenges that I noticed yesterday is that 
region to region looks a little different right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe five or six or even seven of the regions, probably six. I would say six of the regions look kind of similar the way it went, and you could sort of see a trend. It, it would make sense. You know what I'm yeah, saying? If, you, yeah. if those were published, you would understand exactly what the National Committee and the RACs were thinking and, you know, where their head is at. And then, you know, there's a couple outliers in different regions. Um, so I think, you know, trying to make sure, I think that's always the challenge, is trying to make sure that we're looking at each region, you know, individually, mm-hmm. because there's always different circumstances, but that we're also, you know, uh, really making sure that region to region to region, there's some sure. continuity. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one of the challenges, you know, and the other challenge is the same challenge that everyone has every year is that, you know, ranking teams is an art and a science. Um, and, you know, you have to use the criteria that's there, um, but there is a little bit of an art to it. So finding that balance and making sure that we're really looking at uh, a team's full body of work and not getting too caught up, you know, in the different categories, whether that be win-loss percentage or strength of schedule or whatever it is. How hard is it to tell new people, hey, I know what they look like, I know what you've seen, but we can't use the eye test. We can't use the, but I know they're better than that argument. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard sometimes. I, I mean, I think they get it quick, though. I, sure. I, I really think just in my experience, I've had a lot of new rack members in my time, mm-hmm. and it, it, it may, it, they may start in that direction, you know, some, but as soon as they have a little bit of experience, they get it quickly and they understand, you know, and you just, I mean, that's why we have primary criteria and why we have secondary criteria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just a sometimes, like on my rack, it's just a gentle reminder. Um, I get what you're saying. I hear you. Unfortunately, we can't take that into consideration. Sure. Is there, you know, so that kind of thing. Yeah. Is there, and this is a, bit, a little bit of a, of a wide open question, but is there a, a piece of criteria or a piece of information or whatnot that you wish was allowed or? was primary or something along those lines that maybe would help the information? <laughs> that is a very loaded question. I, I, yeah, I didn't expect it to be that loaded, but yes, I guess it is. I love the response uh, already. <laughs> uh, sometimes, yes. I, yeah, I mean, you know, it, we struggle a little bit with, with sometimes you do need a little bit more information or you wish, you know, you wonder, I guess maybe the question you ask yourself is, would it be easier if we had like an RPI? Would it be easier if we had this or that? You know, so sometimes because you find yourself at times not being able to give a black and white answer. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what yesterday we spent a lot of time on that, you know, and even like I was looking at my rack early on, Oh, and before I even had my call, and I actually called Bobby Morgan, the former chair, to ask her about the Atlantic region because there was something in there that even I was a little, you know, and she was laughing because she was like, I know I didn't answer your question. I talked out of both sides of my mouth because sometimes that's what it is. She's still in you know? old chair mode. <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. So, so you know, I think that's the hard part is is sometimes there is not a black and white Sure. But but what what we've kind of what I've come to understand and what we're reminded of, and and Jim Scheibel said this on the on the call yesterday, is that it will work itself out. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time, it will work itself out, and we have to do the best we can 
with the information that we have in front of us at, by using their criteria, and it almost always works itself out. So sometimes, like, you won't feel good about something. You're like, ah, oh, that really yeah. is bothering me. That, sure. that And, and it, you know, once you get more information, like right now, as you know, we, we won't have a, a, a category, you know, we won't have wins versus ranked until the second week. Right, right. Yeah, you can't. So sometimes it, it's tough. Right. Yeah. You can't use that. Some people even ask, oh, can they use their mock information? No, it was a mock ballot for a reason. It's it's not a real right. one. Um, right. And right, we won't get results versus regionally ranked opponents till week two, week one. That is a blank slate, which I, which sometimes shakes week two up completely. Um, yes. Kelly Whitaker is going to start throwing things if she's listening or roll her eyes, one of the two, because we've had a long conversation about this. And, and I get the <laughs> point, and you kind of know where this is headed. <laughs> I can tell. Not get me in trouble. <laughs> I'm not going to get you in trouble, but I am curious. Do you wish? And this is further down the road. It, when it comes okay. to selections, I get that that coaches who have a team involved shouldn't be involved. I, I get that, and I like that there's a backup plan that somebody from Iraq would at least step in and help. But right. when it comes to bracketing, last year it got down to unofficially two people trying to put a bracket together after hours of selections. It feels like it's an unfair burden. Is there a way that we can find, similar to what they're doing on the men's side, and I don't want to quote what they're doing on the men's side because I think that's ebbed and flowed a little bit too, but is there a way to keep people like yourself, if you're in the NCAA tournament, involved in the bracketing without being involved with your team? And I'll, I'll preface this by knowing the fact that it's the heads up that you, who you're playing 24 hours or 12 hours in advance that is the concern. I, we don't need to dive down that rabbit hole. But do you wish that committee members could be more involved so there can be more people looking at a bracket to make sure you got it as best as you can? Well, I will go back to something that you said earlier. Um, you know, I think I, I, sometimes when you have more eyes on it, it gets harder. Sure. Right? So that's one thing. I think the second thing is that it, it's the perception problem. Mm -hmm. I don't think there, there's a I, – I mean I, – I, I can't imagine a coach out there that's involved in, you know, any of this that would ever, quote unquote, cheat, right? For sure. So All I right. know, I know, or, I'm on or the have the stamina. Committee. Let's be honest. Are yeah. you really going to go home at midnight and go, hey, right. let me start scouting a team? No one knows I'm playing. <laughs> right. I can't imagine anyone ever doing that. But as you know, everyone has a different opinion about what that bracket should look like. Oh, absolutely. So. If that bracket comes out and let's say Montclair State's in it, and Montclair State, somebody thinks Montclair State has this easy pod, which we have not ever, I don't think, <laughs> um, um, in my opinion, of course. Of course. Um, um, you know, and then they say, well, Karen Harvey's the chair of the National Committee, oh, so sure. of course they have an easy pod. And she was involved in the bracketing. Right. You know, so I think oh, I that, that the NCAA on the women's side, or Kelly Whitaker on the women's side, wants to avoid that perception. I get that. And I, you know, it, it's hard to argue with that because just you just take one variable out, one, ex, you know, one thing out of it. Can I throw um, something that you said earlier back, though? Sure. If everyone's being professional and it's right. not about their team, then maybe right. we can trust that they're going to be professional? I don't disagree with you. Okay. I, I'm just curious. I, 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 I understand. Listen, I totally understand the point. And, and talking with Kelly was a great opportunity. Because I then finally understood the point. Unfortunately, it took me riding, driving home from the conversation the next day before I realized what her point was, because it had been a very long day for me. 
but I got right. it and understood the point. I just felt bad that last year we're down to two people trying to put a bracket together. Yeah, I, I also think there's more people involved than that. I mean, okay. yes, two well, people yes, on the true. National true. Committee. But You're right. There's, there's Kelly and her, and her staff. Yeah, that's true. And her staff. Right. So it's not, and, and, you know, and some of this is, I mean, the basic bracketing is, some of it is like computer. You know what I mean? Like when you're yeah, looking at, yeah. So you know, I think there is more than two people. Sure. Maybe there's they, you know. But I get it. We'll, yeah, we'll talk more about I hear this. What you're saying. I, we can keep arguing about it. Oh, not arguing because no, I, I, don't, I, I think it's debatable. Sides of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I do too. It is debatable. And, and the men do it differently, and so we actually yep. literally see it differently. Um, and so I was just curious and, and don't get me wrong. I've, I've heard side men, sides, you know, this, the side of the men where, where it sometimes can be problematic and I'm not saying anyone's cheating. Do not anybody misconstrue what I'm saying here. I'm just right. saying it can present right. some problematic issues that they right. have it, to work the perception through. perception of it. Right. It's the perception. Well, certainly right. the perception too, but I also mean internally. Hey, before I let you go, uh, you warned us when we talked to you at the beginning of the season, Hey, um, that, that we may not see the normal Red Hawks team. I didn't think you were lying. You're still thirteen and eight, but that's obviously not the normal Red Hawks team we're used to. What? How's the season gone though, from your perspective? Uh, you know what? Um, we've had some challenges for sure. Um, you know, but we're a young team, and I, I, I really, I really love this team, and I think they're starting to figure it out very, very slowly. You know, um, they, they, we really had a great game last night. So I'm coming off a great game Good. where it, you know they really played great. And they came together as a team, and yeah, it big one like over a, a resurgent team in New Jersey City. Yes, yes, and you know, and and for us, uh, it was a great game of basketball for us, and I'm really super proud of them. They've been working; they have not stopped working, you know. And you know, there's lots of times when we have, uh, you know, all freshmen and sophomores on the court, and you know, and that happened yesterday in the third quarter yeah. a little bit. So, sure. uh, yeah, so I'm proud of them. You know, we're, we're, we're hanging tough in there and there's a lot of parody in the end, Jack. Yeah. I'll get to that in a second. I did notice that yeah. you played Wisconsin Lutheran and Albright in St. Petersburg. So you yeah. played some really good uh, non-conference foes there, but I also noticed you played Janice Luck. That That's nice of you to try and uh, get a committee member to, you know, used to playing other committee members. That's not, that was nice of you. Uh, I joke. We play Albright every I, I, year, I no matter what. I know you do. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And Well, Janice and I laugh about it because it's never planned. We don't schedule each other. It's just always NCAA tournament. And then when we found out we were playing each other in Florida, we were cracking up laughing. I was like, oh, my God, of course we are. <laughs> No. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? That's great. If you two both show up at the D3Hoops.com Classic, I know what game I'm scheduling. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> hey, Pat, we got it. Well, they play all the time. Exactly. Um, <laughs> hey, Conference Rowan and TCNJ leading the way. You guys are in a two-way tie with Newark uh, two games back. Uh, how good is Rowan and TCNJ, uh, to be honest? And what, do you think there's an outside chance you can still be hosting this thing? Um. You know, there's a lot of games to be played. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's still five games. I think anything can happen. Uh, I think everyone's beating everyone right now. Yeah. Uh, I think TC and J and Rowan are both really good basketball teams. You know, we played a good game down there against Rowan, and uh, they, you know, um, and we were able to get that W. Well, we've played TC and J twice, and, you know, they've pounded us both times. Uh, do I think we can beat them? Absolutely. You know, yeah. I, I don't know what day that will be, but, <laughs> you know. So. Fair, fair. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> I yeah, it. I think, um, but I think anyone can, it, 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 I mean, look at, um, 
uh, you know, anyone can win on any night. If you yeah. if you if you're paying attention to the NJAC, you will see that everybody's beating everybody, uh, you know, different ways. And, and then you also got Newark, who's playing fantastic, and mm-hmm. you have. You know, William Patterson, who Aaron Monahan is a phenomenal basketball coach. And, yeah. You know, she knows how to coach basketball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it's, the conference has definitely gotten more competitive. That is fun to see. A little reminiscent yeah. of what the men's is. And, and nothing against you and well, how good Montclair has been for years. But it was just Montclair and then everybody else for a long time. It's nice to see the whole conference has kind of risen up a little bit, too. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it, it it's going to be fun, and it's going to come right down to the wire. I have a feeling. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for the time. I could talk to you forever. It's always a joy. Uh, I know we'll talk to you later in the season as well. But uh, enjoy the rest of the way. Good luck on those first regional rankings, and uh, I'll talk to you off air at some point too. Sounds great. Dave. Oh, thanks bef- so much. For actually, having me. Karen, before I let you go, we have a tradition. I can't ruin it on the first guest. Uh, uh, all guests <laughs> get the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? No, I want to tell you to hang tough. Oh, thank you. And I'm really glad that you decided to shorten the marathon. Yeah, I think eight you. hours is great. I agree. We'll see how I see how I feel after eight. I can tell you, last year after fourteen, I was done. So yeah. this has been. I think eight's a good idea. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be checking in off and on all day on you. So. If you see me in a prone position, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sounds good, Dave. Thanks awesome. so much, Karen. Take care. Thanks for joining us. Karen Harvey joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. All interviews on the Hoopsville Hotline are courtesy of our partners at Blue Frame Technology and their industry-leading production truck software. Is your college ready to showcase its team through a reliable and innovative video streaming service that won't break your budget? Blue Frame's advanced digital broadcast tools will help take your broadcast to the next level. Learn more today by visiting www.blueframetech.com. That's www.blueframetech.com. Streaming, production truck software, they've got it all. You should check them out. We thank them for being part of our partnership. And speaking of which, we want to welcome back the city of Salem to Hoopsville as well. They will be hosting the Women's Basketball Championships this year at Roanoke College. City of Salem back on board here uh, as a supporter, advertiser, etc. on on Hoopsville. And we welcome Kerry and his team back to the fray, as it were. Take a break. When we come back, we'll jump up to uh, somewhat cold Maine. St. Joseph's Maine's women's basketball team playing pretty well, and Mike McDevitt will join to talk about it. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division Three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student-athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. 
When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. And welcome back to Hoopsville, the marathon as we roll along here on this Thursday, January the 31st. Uh, we are just we're still in the first hour of an eight-hour, maybe a little longer show. We appreciate you tuning in, and thank you so much. Great chat with Karen Harvey. Don't forget, Men's Basketball Committee Chair Sam Atkinson will join us later in the program. A uh, good friend of the show, Jeff, says, cold weather equals no games equals works from home equals watch the Hoopsville Marathon. Love it. Absolutely love it. Don't forget, cold weather is delayed games already. We had the uh, MIAA, CCIW, WIAC, and others rescheduled games from Wednesday to Thursday. Now the MIAA has chosen to move those games to Monday, and at least half, or at least, yeah, half the WIAC has moved games to Monday as well. A 2-2 split. We'll see if any other games get moved. We'll try and keep an eye on it, though it could make for an interesting happy hour as we keep track of scores throughout the country, as already we've had upsets, especially in men's basketball. Come on, Loris. Uh, uh, let's keep things rolling. Let's head up to Maine, where the, the, the polar vortex isn't supposed to affect as much, which is good, because I've been up in Maine when some bitterly cold weather comes through. The difference is they wouldn't reschedule games. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, is the top 10-ranked St. Joseph squad in women's basketball and their head coach, Mike McDevitt. And, Coach, welcome to the program and welcome to the top 10. Thanks for having me, uh, Dave. Absolutely. Uh, you've got to be pretty proud of the fact that your program's a top 10 squad here. Uh, at this point in the season, I think many have argued that you guys deserve this for a while. What's your reaction to all of that? Yeah, we're we're really uh, proud, uh, certainly, of that uh, accomplishment. And actually, when we kind of sat down at the beginning of the season and, and talked about some of the preseason um, things that had come out, we you know we recognized that it was uh, really a nice honor for our program. Um, certainly, this year's team is is reaping the benefit, but I think the reputation, certainly, the way that we ended uh, last season, probably had a lot to do with. Uh, how high we were uh, sure. ranked preseason. Yeah, last year ending uh, the second weekend in Amherst and gave them a game. If memory serves, you're the only one who gave them a game uh, for the most part uh, during the, the NCAA tournament. It was a six-point game in that second round, and they went on to beat other teams by, let's see, just a quote. Well, they beat Becker 61-12, to <clears throat> uh, beat Montclair 51-40. They handled Rochester. They beat Thomas Moore surprisingly easily and then beat Bowden in the championship by 20. So, yeah. It sounds like a lot of this is saying, hey, St. Joseph's maybe can compete. 
Well, we, we certainly hope so, but we're uh, we're not naive enough to think that we uh, <laughs> we got a lot of a lot of games left between now and uh, you know a possible chance to to make it to the NCAA. So one game at a time. Sure, we'll, we'll do that. Not counting that game, which seems a little crazy, but not counting that the last loss this program took was back on November seventeenth, twenty seventeen, to Babson. You guys have played very good basketball. Granted, the GNAC has been a little bit interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute. But how do you keep, and this is a question we even asked G.P. Gromacki at times, how do you keep a team motivated when winning seems to happen, and I don't want to say easily, but often? Well, I'm glad you, you didn't say easily because <laughs> it's not. No. Um, I think any coach, and, and certainly what I've tried to stress here is really don't look at the overall uh, number it really is all about that next practice, or in this case, you know, tonight our next game. Uh, we we tend to focus a little bit more on the conference and how we're doing within that because we recognize that if we're most likely going to get an NCAA bid, it's it's going to come through the conference and and what we're able to do, you know, against our conference opponents. So really, just just trying to take it one game at a time. You know, you guys are shockingly consistent. <clears throat> Of the 19 games you've played, 14 you've scored in the 70s. Just one, uh, Occidental, you were just outside of that at 69. You don't tend to put a ton of points up on teams. You tend to really score the same, and that accounts for the last, I think, uh, seven. Yeah, I've got 77, 77, 71, 75, 75, 72, 77. That's darn consistent, Coach. Uh, yeah, when we get to 75, we just go four corners and we stall. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Is that um, why the turnover numbers are high? <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, we, uh, I think we are a pretty consistent group, and I think that's a product of having four senior starters. Um, you tend to have a little less up and down, you know, action, whereas maybe with a younger team, good game, bad game, good quarter, bad quarter. We're pretty consistent, certainly on the offensive end, and we – we stress, you know, a lot um, the importance of playing defense. So we're we're constantly trying to, you know, hold our opponent as low as we can. So maybe that's the reason or the rationale for the consistency of the numbers. Well, you're holding your opponents to 55 and a half points while scoring 75 and a half points. That that 20 point advantage is pretty key. And Kelsey McNamara has got most of that spread, scoring 21 and a half points a game. But you also as and you also have Emily Benway at 13 points a game, and Julia uh, Champagne at, at 12 points plus, maybe almost 13. And we shouldn't forget Hannah Marks at 9. You've got a nice little group there of guards and forwards mix, putting up some solid points, also doing their fair share grabbing rebounds as Benway's just a hair under a double-double. Yeah, that's uh, all four of those are our uh, seniors. Um, Kelsey and Emily have been four-year starters. Mm -hmm. uh, Julia's been a three-year starter, and Hannah, I guess, um, kind of a late bloomer. Uh, she's only been a two-year starter. So uh, we've been uh, really fortunate to have a lot of experience. And um, that group collectively, you know, even if they don't all play well, if three out of four play pretty good, we know that we're going to be, you know, hopefully pretty successful. Does that also add pressure, though? You've got four seniors who, who obviously have been the catalyst of this team and its success in the last four years. And this they've helped get the program to where they are. Does it add pressure of breaking into the second weekend, if not further, has to happen this year because you now will lose all four of those players moving forward? Uh, I, I don't really, you know, certainly I'm not trying to put any added pressure on my players, and I don't think my players necessarily um, 
you know, feel that. Uh, when we, if we're lucky enough to get to, you know, an NCA experience, uh, we cherish it, to be honest with you. You know, we're not, uh, you know, a team that, that has gotten there every year, year in, year out, and, you know, made it, you know, past the first round. We, you know, we were able to experience some things last year that were kind of special uh, to, to the program, and we, we really do, we don't take any of that for granted. So if we're lucky enough to get back to that point again this year, uh, we'll have the same approach. Um, you know, we'll play loose, we'll play hard, and uh, whatever happens is great. Um, but, no, we, we don't need to put those types of expectations on our uh, team. We're just, uh, you know, playing hard and sure. hopefully having fun. So. What's the message to underclassmen, though? It's, or is that a message you wait on? You enjoy this season and then tell the underclassmen, okay, you got to step up now. <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's try to enjoy this year before we worry about next year. Uh, we'll, we'll deal with that when it comes. So uh, certainly, again, when you have that one-day-at-a-time uh, one approach, one day at a time approach uh, to think about what, you know, what's going to take place next year is, seems like a million miles away. So, uh, sure. Let's talk quickly about the conference. Um, you guys have a half game lead over Emmanuel. They're undefeated as well. There's one less win uh, at six and zero in conference play. Fifteen and four overall. Suffolk surprisingly a game back at seven and one in the conference. Fifteen and five on the season. Albertus Magnus not having a bad year. Colby Sawyer having a good year. It feels like the GNAC has has taken a significant step forward in terms of not only competitiveness but competitiveness at the top of the conference. I think so. I, I think, uh, of course, any of those schools that you just mentioned uh, are capable of winning the conference, um, doing well outside of conference play. Uh, so they're enjoying, you know, really nice overall records. I think the other thing with that conference, which is kind of unique, um, when you look at some of the years of service and coaching in our conference, you'll be blown away. I think it's at least four of us that have coached for at least 25 years or more. Wow. And, of course, the dean of that is, is Andy <laughs> at, uh, at yeah. Emanuel. Um, that's a lot of experience. And uh, I think um, certainly that's you know showing in the results that some of those teams are having this year. You brought up Andy. Thank you for the segue for myself, trying to figure out how I was going to do that. Uh, of course, he's now the all-time Division Three wins leader, um, beating his besting, I should say, his friend. Mike Strong in that category. Of course, he keeps adding to it um, shamelessly, I should add. Uh, I am double-checking. You guys, you have a game with them coming up. You have not played them yet this season. I guess you got them once this season. Right. Um, What's it like to coach against who I would say arguably is maybe one of the more underrated women's basketball coaches in Division Three? Well, certainly in the Northeast, um, yeah, we true. don't think he's he's underrated. Um, you know, it, I shake my head when I think about his uh, longevity uh, in this career. Um, you know, over forty years. Yeah. My God, that's uh, unheard of. Unheard of. Unheard of. And to have that kind of uh, you know success, you're talking averaging over you know twenty wins mm-hmm. uh, a season. I mean, I've known Andy for you know, upwards to 30 years and competed against him most of that time. And, you know, I have nothing but the highest respect for um, him as a coach, as a person. Um, I know how hard he works uh, recruiting, promoting his program. Um, so the fact that we're able to compete in our conference against a guy like that, um, you know, brings me a lot of pride, too. 
Uh, have you or anybody discussed putting a petition together to force him to retire? Oh, I ask him every. <laughs> I ask him every year. You know, <laughs> when are you going to retire? But uh, you know what? He's the Energizer Bunny, man. Yeah. I, I just though. I'll probably retire before Andy will retire. I was, I was going to yeah. say he's yeah. he's hinted to me that he he's nowhere close to done, yeah. uh, which is darn impressive to say the least. Uh, you've got, uh, including them, five more conference games ahead. You've got a, a game against Maine, Fort Kent. Smart man, you have it at home. Uh, you don't <laughs> want to travel up to the county. That's yeah. what they call Aristic County for you outsiders of Maine. The, you don't want to drive up the county to, to play them. Um, what's the message to the team here moving forward as you will – have three of those six games at home and two of your conference games at home the rest of the way? Yeah, um, I mean, we've got uh, a, a tough stretch. I would consider a tough stretch here in the next two where mm-hmm. we're on the road tonight at Riv, and then we turn around and uh, head down to Providence and uh, do an overnight to play Johnson & Wales uh, early in the morning. We had a scheduling oh, yeah, I issue, that. I think, with a the facility there, so we're actually playing them at Weird. 11 o'clock in the morning. So, yeah. Uh, a little unusual uh, to have two games in that shorter period of time and both uh, on the road. I mean, we'll get home this evening. It'll be after midnight. And, um, you know, of course, we'll, we'll go to class and I'll get up and I'll, <laughs> I'll get here bright and early, too. Um, but that's, you know, that's, that's our focus right now. But, again, you know, as I said earlier, we're, our eyes are just totally locked in on, you know, this conference and, standing there because we recognize that if you get a high enough seed, you're able to host at least first or second round games. And I think in our conference, certainly any, any conference, that's, that's a big advantage if you can be the home team. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Look forward to talking to you in the near future. Good luck the rest of the way. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, um, I'm sure many of uh, of us that have you know been lucky enough to appear um, you know on your program, I uh, just want to really thank you and all that you do to help promote uh, Division Three basketball. I think we're really lucky. Um, no other sport uh, in Division Three gets the kind of coverage that we do, and that is really due in part to the efforts that you guys uh, put forth at D Three Hoops. So thank you for all that you do to promote our. Uh, our game. We really do appreciate it. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate the kind words. Stay warm up there. It's only going to be a balmy 12 degrees today. I know for you guys that's nothing, but still, stay warm. That's a nice spring day up here. <laughs> it so. is. You're right. You're not going to see spring, sir, until May. Let's just be honest. <laughs> Good point. Uh, thank you so much. Take care, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Dave. Mike McDevitt joining us here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Uh, he mentioned their games coming up. Of course, he shortened one of them. He said Rev. It's Revere. Uh, Riviera, uh, they'll play them here tonight uh, on the road at 7 o'clock. That's why we got Coach in early. Then on at Johnson & Wales, as you mentioned, then home against Emmanuel. The rest of the schedule you can see on the aforementioned D3Hoops.com. We'll take another break. When we come back, we will have a WBCA Center Court segment. Uh, we'll talk to Daphne Thompson out of SUNY Oyanta. Talk to her about really what's driving her and, and what makes her click. It, it's a great story. It's why it's a WBCA segment. Tune in. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville when we return. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step. 
but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. For those of us who yeah, are no Division problem. III I, student I, I athletes, missed, it's more than that, the wrong number a right lot now. more. Yep, I'll call that right sure. now. Sure, the game is important, Thanks, but as buddy. we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Hey, Help sorry us keep that dream yeah, alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, yeah. and I know how powerful words can be. Oh, the term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome to Hoopsville. I'm Karen Harvey, head basketball coach at Montclair State University and a member of the WBCA Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave at the WBCA Center Court. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Thank you, Karen Harvey, who we heard earlier in the show with that welcome back as we are getting ready for the WBCA Center Court segment here this, uh, this afternoon. If you've got questions for us or our guests, you can tweet them at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email them to us, dave.mcqueue at d3sports.com. I may have just in the habit mentioned the Hoopsville one. Seems to be acting up lately, so let's just skip over that. It's dave.mcqueue at d3sports.com. And then on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hoopsville, there's also chat rooms on Facebook on our live stream, uh, simulcast there and on our live stream on YouTube. Uh, don't... Don't be upset if I can't get right to your questions. I'll try and get to them as soon as I spot them as we do a lot here on the marathon. As we've gotten one hour down, just seven more hours or so to go. Um, so WBCA, a, a great partner here. And later in the program, we'll actually hear from the executive director of the WBCA. She will join us to chat about the WBCA, Daf, uh, Danielle um, Donahue will join us. Well, that is later in the program. But first, the WBCA Center Court, which is a feature of the show. We talk to coaches about what they do sometimes outside of coaching or that has involved, gotten involved because of coaching. For our next guest, out of SUNY Anianta, Daphne Thompson, she takes pride in leading women. That's not all that surprising, obviously, with your women's basketball coach. But how she does it and how she's used the U.S. Marines to do it, I found fascinating. She's also a poll, poll voter. I can say that really easily for the WBCA, so we can talk a little bit about that as well. Daphne Thompson joins us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. And, Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. You're welcome. 
Um, so first and foremost, uh, we should point out, again, you're, you're a voter on the WBCA, so obviously that gets you involved quite a bit with the WBCA. Um, what's, what's the importance of, of that work and any other work you do with the organization from your vantage point? Why, why is that so important? Well, I think that it's really important for us to get to give back. I mean, the WBCA does so much for us that uh, getting involved in any and any you know part, um, any group that they ask you to help out with. You know, in June they asked me to be on the poll, and as a coach, sometimes you have and haw because it takes some time away from the, the day-to-day routine things that you do. But it's important to give back and and to uh, help out whenever you can. That certainly is a good way of doing it. Can you give us a sense of how that poll is set up? Because you know, obviously at d3hoops.com we do our own version. I am I don't vote on the women's side. I vote on the men's. Mm-hmm. But how do how do you guys do it on the women's side? Because there is no men's poll. There's only a women's coaches poll. We should point out. Okay, um, this is my first year being involved with it, so obviously a learning curve is taking place. Um, I think that really it's an opportunity for information to be sent to you, and I think the person that runs um, just does a great job getting information to us on a Sunday. Uh, kind of some clarity that you can also u- utilize anything on the web or even on D3 Hoops. There's plenty of information that, you know, that you <laughs> yes. can pull out to try to, you know, help yourself figure out what that looks like. And then you're just given that, you do your homework and you pick, p- pull out the teams that you think are, are the, the best in, in that week, and then you, you, you make your selection and send it to the, to the WBCA. Uh, we should point out there's basically eight of you, correct? Correct. There's eight. So it's each an, region has each region has a representative. Does, do, do you? And I've asked other pollsters this, so I'm not putting you necessarily in the spot. I know you're <laughs> new to this, so it, it, you may not have an opinion on it yet. But is that enough? Uh, do you feel like you feel? Is that there's, enough? Should there be more? Should there be more opinions? I'm just curious. Um, I, I would. I mean, I guess there certainly could be more opinions. Uh, I, I think that obviously it's a percentage as to yeah. who's being being tweezed out anyway. So the more people you put in, I mean, I guess that would give you a different perspective, but. Um, it's still a percentage, so I, I don't know that it, it makes no, a huge fine. difference. <laughs> um, if they wanted to take two from each region, so there were 16 people, I don't think that it's going to cost. It's not like it's costly, so certainly <laughs> it's a, you know what I mean? It's yeah. certainly a, um, if there was, it also for me, it gives other people an opportunity to be a part of something, and sure. I think that's, but the, the challenge then becomes finding people that want to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that, that's the piece that the, why I said what I said before. People have to want to be a part of something. And, you know, I'm also on um, the Coach of the Year um, award oh, as great. well. So I try to make sure that I'm at least in one of those spaces on a regular basis. So That's a, that's a great honor as well. And, and I know you guys, that's, a, that's sometimes not the easiest conversation to have. It's a very challenging, <laughs> exactly. Yes. And I think that there's eight of us on that. As, you, know, on, you know, if you're the chair of that, there's eight of you mm-hmm. that are doing representing. And, and I think that one of the things that we added into that piece was to say that anybody who ended up in the Final Four would be, be part, if they weren't, um, the regional coach of the year would be included. So we usually end up sure. with you know, more than eight. So that's good, too. I'll keep you on your toes. Um, we a lot of the reason that we had you on here for the WBCA Center Court was a recommendation of someone uh, through the WBCA who mentioned takes pride in mentoring young women. She went and trained with the U.S. Marines to learn more about leadership. And I remember when I reached out about having you on the show, your sports information director replied to me, "Oh, she's really proud about that Marine <laughs> side of things." It took me back because. You forget that sometimes the military services will offer civilians, for lack of a better description, the opportunity to come on and and learn some things that they teach. I'm fascinated to know how you got 
a involved or interested or even heard about the opportunity with the U.S. Marines, and then we can follow up with how that all went. Well, first of all, the WBCA brings the Marines to the D3, you know, business meeting. Awesome. And they do a presentation, and there was a time where they said, we, we do programming. We, we can come out and work with your team. And, you know, as a Division three, you can only have them during your season, right? You can right. do work with your team at that point. So you have to try to be creative in trying to find in the middle of your season a time for the Marines <laughs> to come in and work your team out. But sure. um, I took advantage of it, and I reached out to them. And through that, I made a connection with the gentleman who was a recruiter in Albany. And from there, that summer, he, he encouraged me to take part in what's called the leadership educational opportunity through the mm. Marines. And they actually bring, um, they have a high school week and they have a collegiate week where they bring uh, people who would be instrumental in encouraging students to um, join the Marines, basically, and try to teach them what they do and be open and encouraging of students to take part in that. So it was a five-day program, and they bring you down all expenses paid, and I was in Quantico, got to see how they train, um, how they build leaders, and, and actually go through it each day with something different that they do to, to um, become an officer. So it was a really exciting opportunity, and then now you can come back and speak to it. So, yeah, how, how, how did you how did you get what did you take from that experience and how are you still or or have you now used that as a coach if, I, I don't know the best way of asking that but if you get what are you well, doing with that, it every day well i think that as a coach one of the things you're trying to do is help na- those students navigate the world right so you're trying to help them think of all the opportunities that potentially could be theirs um, mm-hmm. um and then what's the horizon look like when they graduate so when you're speaking with a student, you, you should be encouraging them to think about the big picture and all of those opportunities that come with whatever major they're in. Sure. And, and so when you start to talk about some of the things that I learned from the Marine, being in that experience and about being a Marine, and I actually have a young lady who is now a Marine, and I actually have a wow. young lady who just graduated that's now in the Army as well. And um, one of them is, is gone into a, a program that's just for dietetics in the, in the Army, and mm. she is an officer room like she graduated two years ago and now is an officer doing progressing that where she's going to be uh, potentially in, in a hospital setting where she's like the chief you know, dietitian um, in a hospital. So, you know, that experience allowed me to be able to say, hey, you really should take advantage of this opportunity. These are things that you're going to come out with. And I think uh, as a coach, that's your job for your students is to encourage them in a direction that you believe they can be successful. Um, obviously, you have to know your student, right? Some, not everyone's built to be able to be in a military setting, but those, there are more athletes that are capable of doing this than not because of the training that they get just being a part of a program. Um, by the way, the one who's going off to the Army, uh, I assume you've said, forget it, we're never talking to you again. She clearly chose <laughs> the wrong direction. <laughs> I don't know. My father was in the Coast Guard, so oh. either one of them are the direction that, so that my father was in. So. I was going to say, maybe you disappointed him in that. <laughs> <laughs> I kid. I kid. Yeah. Uh, all the armed services are wonderful. Um, we. It's interesting that, the, the, that, A, you get that opportunity with the Marine Corps and, and that you've been able to use it and that the team has gotten to experience it. Of course, when I heard about it, my first thought was, uh, I hope they didn't go through boot camp. 
Um, we actually had a chance to go through all oh. of that. Like I had to carry, you know, the M14. We had to walk through. We had to eat at, like a, you know, a, MREs. At, at a, yeah, we had to do all of it. And they had simulated gun and you had a helmet on and wow. you had a, it was, it was, we did all of that. We did. Did you also shoot? Simulation stuff. Um, I, I did not. Okay. Shoot, no, no, sometimes uh, they do. Some, sometimes they don't. Right. I did some simulation where you're in a, in, you know, in a space and you have with a group of people and you have to problem solve and get yourself out. Oh, those are like fun. You got to see all of the pieces that they have to go through. They actually show you what it looks like. So wow. it, it was, it was great. That's pretty cool. Uh, definitely a, a full experience, which is outstanding. When you look, something that I encourage, like as they yeah. do it every summer, like and there's those at least one to two weeks, so there's opportunities out there for people to take advantage of. Maybe you've answered this, and it's a bit, it's a bit of an open-ended question. But how much has it changed you as a coach? Hmm, changed me as a coach. I mean, I got to ride in that HMX. You know, what I mean, like I got to ride in the <laughs> president's helicopter. I mean, that's pretty cool. I mean, not too many people can say that, right? And yes, I mean, I think. <sighs> Let, let's take, I had an opportunity this past week to speak at the NCAA convention. Okay. Oh, and in doing so, and in don't, doing so, I didn't know if I could do it because I'm in the middle of season. What am I going to do? And so sitting down my leadership team, so my athletes and saying to them, you know, I, I would be gone for a day. Like I left on a Wednesday right. and flew out, spoke and flew back. And I said, I'm going to miss a day. How does that look for you? And they said, coach, if this is going to make you better, you tell us all the time. If there's an opportunity, you should take it. And they, they were basically telling me what I usually tell them. Wow. So I think that's the, you know, when you, you know that you're doing the right thing, thing when your athletes are saying the things and, and actually encouraging you to do something. Yeah, so. that's outstanding. Uh, it's great that they can appreciate the point of view that you've mm-hmm. been giving them and, and turn it back and say, hey, you've taught us that. It tells you that they're definitely listening, that they're getting it, and that's, that's a, a great point. Uh, I, have, I know an AD who goes to those meetings all the time, makes sure that the schedule allows him to not have a game on the weekend, trusts his assistant coaches, and obviously his, his, his players appreciate the fact that he's got responsibilities like that. And it, it's a good role, role for an example for everybody down the road as well. Um, quickly, your team, 14-4 and four this season, 8-3 and three in conference play. Unfortunately, the last couple have been a little tough. New Paltz, who's been a great team this year, tripped you yep. up, and then Cortland. And it's not going to get any easier, Coach. you got Geneseo coming up. Agreed. <laughs> I think that our conference is just one of those you got to play everybody twice. Right. And so in doing so, you know, it's it's a challenge. I think that there's some other conferences where they're not doing that and it, it it's certainly time time and place and how what who you play first and all of that comes into play. Um, who you're playing in, in order tends to be, in, in, you know, I mean, we oh, played sure. New Paltz in December, single game, you know, and, and you have a, uh, had a lot of time to prep, and then, you, you, you know, you play them later in the season, you might be a little banged up or something different like that. So I think that, you know, it's just the conference is a grind, and we're all very different, and matchups make a difference, and yeah. I, I think, you know, trying to be sharp every day, you know, you got to be sharp every day. It's interesting. New Paltz is kind of your travel partner. Um, yes. I wouldn't really put you guys that close together, but then again, uh, not much of the Suniac <laughs> well, is that close. Much, well, actually, we're, uh, we're pretty much the furthest apart. Yeah. <laughs> of the yeah. two, of, of, you know, so when we talk about travel partners and everybody coming to us, they, they have a tough assignment to have to play both of us. So. <laughs> where you grew up is a little bit closer to, or in the middle to where you two. You ought to just meet kind of in the middle, near Cooperstown, <laughs> have the game be played there. Uh-huh. Um, 
Coach, if you don't mind, part of the WBCA Center Court, we have a little fun talking to coaches. Uh, we, we ask them the same questions um, at the end just to get this different answers that we hear from all the coaches. If you don't mind, they're mm-hmm. kind of off the top of your head, kind of lighthearted and, and just curiosity's sake, if you don't mind wrapping up with this. Okay. Um, first thing would be, what's your favorite thing about coaching, especially in Division Three? My favorite thing about coaching is the reward of watching a young woman go from being a 18-year-old to a 22-year-old. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah, I can see the evolution there. Being yeah, That's fun to watch. I'm watching mm-hmm. my kids, and I'm not enjoying it yet, but that's, that's a different conversation. <laughs> uh, biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve? Um, on the court or off the court? It can be, it can be either, whatever you'd like. Uh, I, I think that it's... I guess I'm a, I'm a disciplined kind of person. I like uniformity. I like, you know, us to show up and be on time and, and, and represent the institution. So if you're not on time, if you're not ready to go and we're ready to go, I think that probably would set me off a little bit. Hmm. I wonder why the Marine Corps worked. Uh, <laughs> what's your favorite rule or nuance in the game? Uh, favorite rule in, in the game? Hmm, I guess... I don't even know. Favorite it can be, rule it can of also the game. Be, it could also be a nuance to the game, something that happens that you love about the game. Well, I certainly love um, when, when my team, you know, is successful in an offense where they've um, actually executed something and mm-hmm. have shared the ball, and we're very capable of moving the ball well, and when we do that, we, it's just an easy game when mm-hmm. you do those things, and it's an, it's an enjoyment to watch them actually see the success in doing that. That's cool. Uh, is there a rule that you would like to see added, removed, or changed? Hmm. Well, this is one of the things, I mean, one of my um, mon- mantras, I guess, that I say to them all the time is, you know, change is hard, but change is good. So mm-hmm. I try to live with whatever they come up with <laughs> and try to make the best out of it. I mean, I, you know, it, it could be good, it could be bad. I mean, it depends on your team. And so trying to make the best out of whatever the rule is, I guess, is, is how I look at it. Okay. Uh, do you have any pregame ritual or superstition? I used to, but I took them all out. Ooh, I'm interested. Made me very crazy. Made me crazy. <laughs> what were they? Or one of them? Oh, I mean, I, I mean, I used to think about, you know, I wore this outfit for this. I can't wear, you know, like all oh. of that kind of stuff. I've kind of gotten away from those kind of things. Like okay. it doesn't matter. I just, you know, and used to worry. I mean, I, it's pretty funny. I had a gentleman that worked with me for a while, and he used to tell tell my sister and I that. Listen, they're, if they're looking at you, right, on the sidelines, then they're not there to watch the right thing. So it doesn't really mm. matter what you have on. Just just get there and do your job. Don't worry about what you're wearing. So Fascinating point of view. Uh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, okay, good point. Um, this is probably out, uh, a very interesting question to ask, considering you're in the Chisuniac. Tra- craziest travel experience? Well, how about this? Uh, just the other weekend, I've never done it in 27 years. Is actually have to stay an extra day because of the snow. Oh, never okay. in my life have I had to do that. And <laughs> you know, having a pool party on a Sunday, you know, on a, on a Saturday night with with the men's and the women's team in a hotel. Oh, you know, no. it's, you know, it's snowing outside, and uh, we were very great. Uh, the people in Fredonia were very gracious to us. I mean, Applebee's gave us a huge discount. Oh, I mean, wonderful. on our on our meal, and it was just a it it wasn't it was on. A, unfortunate but we made the best of it that's awesome yeah sometimes those are, can be the, the cooler experiences um you kind of hinted at this one but i how would your assistants describe you as a coach hmm, how would they describe me as a coach um passionate i guess 
passionate. Okay. I mean, that's, I mean, in everything I do, I try to do it to the best that I can. And they know when I'm, they know when I'm off because I tend to be a little fiery. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, How would, uh, what do you tell a recruit that gets them either excited or gets them to commit to Oyanta? This is a great place. This is a place where you're going to grow as a person and it's not going to be, you're going to be successful on the court, but you're going to find your way in, in, in the future here. Interesting. Very nice. Finally, when you retire, um, and all good coaches do, when do you, uh, who do you, I'll try that one again, what do you hope people will remember about you as a coach? Um, she loved her players, um, and she was passionate about the game and growing the game. Wonderful. Coach, appreciate the time. We always give as a tradition the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Just to, you know, to do your best, right, and to always try to be there for others. Wonderful. Coach, thank you for the time. Good luck uh, with the grind of the conference race, especially the trip to Geneseo and Brockport this week. And uh, we'll talk to you, I hope, somewhere down the road about the, uh, the Dragons. All right, great. I love. Thank you very much for asking me to be on. Absolutely. Thank you, Coach. Take care. Okay, bye. Daphne Thompson joining us in the WBCA Center Court on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Of course, thanks to our partnership. Partnership, easy for me to say. Uh, at the WBCA, we appreciate what they do for us uh, in being able to have these guests on the air and fascinating story from Daphne Thompson. Uh, appreciate her time there. When we come back, we dive into the one of the best rivalries in all of college basketball, maybe all of college sports. Hope Calvin. Can you believe that Hope Calvin started at the same time UNC Duke did? Remember, it was voted a top five rivalry not that many years ago by ESPN voters. We will dive in into what Game 200 will look like this weekend and a surprise announcement at the end. Well, first guest coming up, it'll be Calvin's athletics director and former men's basketball player, Dr. Jim Timmer, joining us. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville. Hope Calvin rivalry next. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. It's on us. It's on all of us, and it's time to act now. 
It's on us you know, to start I the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual okay. assault. Yeah, I had you further. I had you closer towards. I had, yeah, I, had, I think you had her on the other side of Utica for some reason. Yeah, whatever. Every time I think about Yana. Yeah. Hoopsville. I'm Carol LaHaye, basketball coach at Randolph-Macon College and a member of the hey, Women's Basketball time. Coaches Association. Absolutely. I'll talk to you soon. We hope you enjoy the okay. show. And now, back to I Dave. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge hey, that I obtained in college about physical and mental I'm well, sir, how about yourself? UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic um, Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Um, hope you're enjoying the show on this Thursday, the marathon. As we get going, running a little bit behind time, so we'll try and trim things up. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us dave.mcqueue at d3sports.com, Facebook us, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. It's all scrolling at the bottom of your screen. Hope Calvin will play their 200th men's basketball game coming up here on Saturday. 
it's a fascinating rivalry that we certainly have talked quite a bit about over the years, but the fact that it's game number 200 uh, in a rivalry that dates back a number of years, we figured, well, we might as well talk about it a little bit more here on the marathon. It's perfectly timed with a marathon. Hope to have Kevin Vandestreek, the head coach of men's basketball, join us from Calvin. Unfortunately, with all the schedule changes that have taken place um, with the with the weather and games delayed, campuses closed, all of that stuff, he was uh, it, it gets convoluted when you have a, a big show and you've only got certain spots available. Unfortunately, uh, not available. But joining us to talk about the rivalry from Calvin's point of view is one who would certainly know it well, the athletics director from the school and a former men's basketball player. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline is Dr. Jim Timmer. And uh, I appreciate the time, sir. Thank you. Hey, no problem, Dave. Uh, like I told you before, I'm a, I'm a lifelong D3 hooper and uh, followed the uh, uh, D3 Hoops and Hoopsville forever, and we are just excited that would uh, have some time to talk about our, our rivalry. Well, I appreciate the time. It's it's certain. I mean, if if we can't have Kevin on the show, this isn't that this isn't a bad way of doing it to talk to an athletics director <laughs> who, who knows all about it from a personal point of view and everything. And what this is, I'm going to start with the easy one. What does this rivalry really mean to to Calvin and the schools involved? Because while it dates back to how these schools got formed, just like Williams Amherst and all the great rivalries. What does it really mean, though, all these years later? I, you know, I, David, it's a classic. It's a classic rivalry. It has all the things that you have in there, right? You have location. Both schools are, are, are located, you know, within 31 miles of each other. Great history in basketball at both schools. Um, and like anything else, uh, it's bragging rights. It's 365 days a year. And, and uh, it's one of those that are just so um, passionate because I do think not only do the schools have a rivalry, but usually it was played and uh, it has some conference championship on the line or tournament championship on the line or NCAA bid on the line. And so you mix all that into a pot and you have a, a really heated rivalry that uh, we like to think is played with respect, And uh, but we think it's one of the best ones that, that's going on. Yeah, and certainly with respect to, to a larger degree. But you said, as you said, it, it's always had something else on the line along with it. It's either a conference title or a conference regular season, playoff implications, maybe an NCAA tournament berth. You know, the days of randomly running into each other in a, in a, in a non-conference tournament are gone. Um, yeah. So it almost removing that has made every game that you play every year more than just a rivalry. There's something at stake. Yeah, and, and, and I think uh, throughout the time um, that has – you know, made the the passions of the fans and the players um, just ramp it up that much, and you know that you're never going to quit in a in a rivalry game. But then add on top of it, it's usually played for something. Um, and certainly, I I think I said it as a student athlete. Um, if you put us in a 0 and 18 and 0 and 18, we're going to get after it, and it's going to be mean a lot. And hey, look, we checked the box score, or now we check the internet. <laughs> right after we play, we're always checking. We're always checking hope first, and they're always checking us first. And uh, when I spent nine years at BW, I'd get done with our games. I check my dad was coaching at Calvin. I check Calvin's score, and I check Hope's score, and I check the OAC scores. It's just something that is born into you, um, particularly when you've been in West Michigan as long as I have. I was going to say, you know, you you played in it, and I guess that's a great way to start. Here is. What did it mean? Did you have to learn about it 
as a player, maybe you come from a unique point of view. You point out your dad being a coach that you already yeah. maybe knew about it. But what did what did some of the younger players have to learn about it? Or do does everybody come in with some real basic understanding of what it's what's going on here? I I think you have a basic understanding if you kind of were in the in the Midwest and look at when we recruit. We, we recruit to that. We recruit to the chance to play in a game that's going to mean a lot, that's going to have a, a local TV audience. And so for D3, we recruit to it. You, you still don't know. I mean, my dad uh, was coaching, assistant coach under Don Brown, assistant coach under Ed Dalma. I remember the whole game was always different. I had to dress up. My mom wanted to make sure that we were looked nice as assistant coaches' kids. Um, so I knew that game was different. Um, I also know I got teased at school and we lost a little bit. Uh, by the Hope fans, and so really wanted to beat them. Uh, but when I became a student-athlete, I thought, boy, I really knew about it. And I can tell you the first time that you run out uh, for that game, you're like, oh, I didn't know it was it, – it's a little bit more than I thought. So yeah, it, 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 yeah. it's awesome. Yeah, if you're still getting that, even though you knew about it, that speaks volumes to that rivalry. Um, yeah. What's your fondest memory as a player? Of the rivalry, boy, there, there, there's a there's a uh, few of them. Um, in I think the first time you get into a Hope Calvin game, for every Hope Calvin player, you're like, okay. Um, um, and that for me was a freshman year down at Civic Center. I can remember getting into the game uh, mm-hmm. last regular season game. We we lost that game, um, and then I remember um, really the games that really stick out were my senior year. Um, we were uh, twenty. We had one loss. We lost to Wittenberg in a Christmas tournament. They were ranked number one. Hope had lost to us and one other NEI school. I think they were ranked third. We beat them at their place when a buzzer shot was waved off, and we came back to our place with the outright championship. Todd Henning hit a 28-footer. He's off guard um, with zero time on the clock mm. to propel us to a win, and then we had to replay him again the next week. Um, in oh. the NCAA tournament. So that was, we didn't have a conference tournament but at that time, but those games stick out because you almost remember the sequence down at the end of the game. Wow. And I can remember um, even the appreciation. Eric Elliott, who was one of Hope's all time players, was on those teams. Wade Gugino, who had a good career over in Europe, became good friends with Steve Hondard, who was probably player of the decade in the, in the 90s. Um, but there was appreciation we had on the court. So you look kind of look at each other and go, well, this is crazy, and this is really cool, and I'm glad to be part of it. Yeah, crazy is the right way of saying things. Um, yeah. Interesting enough, as an assistant coach at Baldwin Wallace, you, you you got a little bit of Calvin revenge uh, in your first season against Hope. I know the story, but I'd, I'd love to hear your version of it. Well, it, it was really weird. I, I After I was a student assistant, I went went down to um, University of Mexico and got my graduate degrees, got a Ph.D., and, and lo and behold, I was hired um, at Baldwin Wallace College who had a good tradition and and Mm -hmm. more of a football school. And um, we had a transfer from West Michigan, Western Michigan University, who was a local kid, Kevin Broughton. And we had a really good year. We were 17 and four. That was a year that they were taking eight teams in from the region. We had a few of those years. Oh, yeah. yeah, We lost uh, four in a row. and We were 17 and eight. And I didn't think we were going to get in. And sure enough, we got in. And we lost on the Wednesday of the conference tournament and to uh, Muskingum College, and I went home for the weekend, home being <laughs> Grand Rapids, and I watched the finals between Calvin and Hope. Oh, wow. Um, my, my dad was coaching at Calvin at the right. time uh, as assistant coach, 
that Dom was still there, and Hope just laid the wood to him. And, then, and I thought Calvin was pretty good, and Chris Canoester on that team. And I said, wow. Sure enough, we get we find out we're in and we're going to Hope. And uh, <laughs> We should point out I'm Hope's thinking, undefeated, by the way. Hope's 26-0. and 0, Right. And I think their margin of victory was 20. They had Dwayne Bosma, Brad Dice to Mars. Um, they had a young Joel Holstead who on, uh, went on to have a great career. Um, one of the best players in Hope and was in the national finals uh, a couple years down the line. But we actually didn't pack. We was a Thursday night game on the road. Um, we didn't even pack for Friday. Um, as a coaching staff, we kind of thought, well, I will be up, up there and down. And we, I, I, I remember telling the kids were asking about Hope because the Ohio kids did nothing about it. I said, oh, it will be crazy they couldn't play in the civic center they had to play in their on-campus facility because the court wasn't long enough oh and so that was crazy and then the only thing i you know i can remember the last second shot that went in but i remember telling the our student athletes i said you're not gonna really understand it um it's gonna the gym will be shaking and and they're like oh coach no way we played at outer mine we played at how northern (laughs) and we got up we got up maybe 21-7, 21-7, we were hitting everything, and they made a run. Maybe they cut it to 21-17, and you couldn't hear the place, and and our kids would kind of look like, okay, coach, you're, you're serious. And I said, yeah, this, mm-hmm. is, this is what it's about. And we kind of hung on, and they felt the pressure as long as, long as we kept kept it close. Um, and we we had a nice little recipe for – we played loose, and Ryan Soy, who went on to have a good career for us, hit a little runner in the lane. And they called timeout when they didn't have it and oh. have one, and we uh, we shot two free throws and just had to get inbound. So great win went down to beat Wittenberg that same yeah down that that weekend. So yeah, you so it was you a beat, memorable weekend. You beat undefeated Hope seventy two sixty nine. Then two nights later, what, what's that all about? Uh, you defeated <laughs> <laughs> you defeated uh, Wittenberg uh, on the road, or I should say, obviously uh, up there to advance to the round of sixteen, and that's a heck of a way to do it, to say the least. Um, can it, is there, does it top itself all the time? I mean, is, is it, is it capable of topping itself? You know, it's, you know, it's funny. I, you, I don't know, topping, you know, like to try to say, well, this game, I know Jeff gave a list of 10 best games and we're doing a lot of these in the 200th win or right. 200th game where we're, you know, who's the best five for each team and, a lot of comparisons. I, I think each game is unique, mm-hmm. and I always say, um, I don't know if you can top a game, um, but you're never. You, no team is ever out of it, and you can always expect the unexpected. You know, I, I, if you think about the Ryder Cup, they always say expect expect the putt to go in, mm-hmm. right? When you're playing that match play, and yeah. here I always. Expect Expect Hope to give us their best game, and I expect a kid who hasn't hit a three all all year for Hope to hit four against us. Okay, that's just the way it goes, and I expect our kids to step into a situation with a, a great thing. But in terms of the fans, we always have different things going on, and you think, well, you've seen it all, and you know, you have an incident, or you have, you know, this no. crazy, yeah, crazy. You guys are innocent there. We we are innocent. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. But you know, it's just all crazy stuff that you, you that uh, when you look back, you go, "Wow, I'm just glad to be part of it." Well, when this unofficially began, Calvin's seniors ended up losing their commencement over their behavior in the old <laughs> Calvin game. Yeah, yeah. Of course, they got destroyed Absolutely. fifty-six to eight uh, in that game as well. Um, yeah. The other thing too is you guys always want up each other. Hope 
builds a beautiful facility, and mm-hmm. you guys said, eh, we can do better. Yeah, 3,500 <laughs> seats, that's nice. Here's 5,000. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, you know, I always think it's, um, people always ask me, you know, and, I, and I, Tim Schoonvelt, who's the director of athletics over there, along mm-hmm. with Melinda, it, it, you know, we're, we're actually, we're, we're good friends. We, we, we talk, our daughters play against each other in the Hope Calvin game, and we also are very appreciative of each other. Because sure. yes. uh, as, as ADs go um, to get more resources for their team, uh, a good line to our donors and to our community is like, well, you know, hope has it. Now in the, <laughs> and in terms, of the, in terms of the, the arenas, you know, it, it just fit. And um, we, we, we kept a lot of, you know, people can't picture, even our students can't picture the old Nolka field, but we kept some of the elements there and, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was big enough for graduation, and I think right. a lot of things went into it. But to say that we didn't think about making it bigger than Hope would actually probably be a lie. Oh, so, I was going to say, yes, stop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Hope's mistake yeah. was they built it first. First. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and both of you have, have hosted championships in the NCAA, including uh, in volleyball, so it seems apropos. Um, yeah. Interesting enough, both of you have kind of stepped back from that as well. Um, curiosity. Teams aren't having the best of seasons this year. Usually one or both is always having a top 25 type or leading the MIA type season. Does that take a luster off of it, or does it not matter? I, I, it doesn't, I tell you what, it doesn't matter to the student-athletes or the two, two schools. I think yeah. where, where, the, where the kind of that fringe um, person who's like, hey, I want to watch a good basketball game, right. they might tune in because they – because the you know hey this team's twenty five and one or this team's you know twenty and two and they're ranked this I think you get a little bit more interest from there a little bit more interest from um, um, regional media although you know the Detroit Free Press covered our two has covered our two on its game and local radio and that kind of stuff but for the for the kids you know it says Calvin across the chest or Hope across the chest they know a little bit a little bit of their legacy will be as a player how do you do against Hope. So if you talk to most players, how'd you do against Hope? Five, like for me, five and two. Right? I, I, I think, all right, Jeff Fever's right, correct me. I think I was five and two. <laughs> um, and you've got those guys like Joel Holsteg at Hope, who's 10 and 0 against Calvin. Or all the guys that played in the 70s, for us, they just, they just look at us like, how do you ever lose? We didn't lose in the 70s against them. So um, <laughs> they, 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 those guys, you know, when they come to our uh, golf outing, they kind of tease us a little bit like, how do you ever lose? And um, yeah, they're trying to win too. I always tell them. Yeah, that's true. Uh, your game uh, when you were a starting senior, I think ranks eight. Is that that? Is that's correct on the top ten that Jeff put together? Uh, but yeah. you had two games in there, seven and eight. Uh, yeah. 1990 and ninety one. Yeah, the uh, they're, they're just they just happen to be, and you know, um, they're just we. You know, a big guy in Division three is always, you know. Kind of can separate you, particularly back then. The three-point line was relatively new, and we had Steve Hondred, son of the athletic director at the time, and they got Wade Gugino. The Gugino family had a long history of going there, and once you put those two people in, and then we had Bill Saw, who's now the head coach at Northern Michigan. He had hurt his wrist, so he got kind of kicked back a class because he had a medical hardship, and all of a sudden we had this team that was really really pretty good and they they're the same way yeah they they had a, a connection i had a teammate on that team the clunder brothers were dan clunders on that played high school with him and yeah so it was it was 
all local kids, and very, very intense. We knew each other. We played each other in high school, and it just was combustible and, and just great games. Um, he mentioned your game actually uh, that he mentioned to me was ranked seventh. He said that your, your quote on it is when the final shot went in to win, you felt the whole field house jump. Yeah, it, it, it was, um, it was a play designed, um, where Todd Hennick and I were crossed underneath. We had brought in our, our backup point guard who later had a great, uh, career and, and Todd and I were crossing and we were going to go look first for a three. And then if they, you know, came out on us and maybe hit the guy, Slip into the basket, and Todd caught it, and and I just happened to have a great view. I was, I saw it. I saw it was going in the whole way. If you watch the video, my arms go up way early. I mean, I know kids can't believe that Steph Curry does that, but somebody <laughs> else is shooting. I I knew it was good right away by the arc, and the whole place jumped at once, and it kind of landed at once. Wow! Um, it was so shocking, um, and um, yeah. And then our fans stormed the court. That was before all the worry about that stuff and, <laughs> sure. and we, we had to we had to we had to shove them off and i think they put point one second back on oh geez yeah it's unbelievable um could talk for you forever i look forward to maybe talking to you sometime in the future um but i appreciate the time you gave us uh, i'd be remiss if if i didn't switch gears briefly here with you on uh, i i would like to ask in, interesting enough following a hope calvin game um, you guys made a decision midseason to release your women's basketball coach and Chuck Winkleman. Um, I'm curious what 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 goes into a com- you know decision like that, especially midseason, three years into what everyone thought was going to be a, a wonderful um, opportunity for both pro- both sides. Yeah, what what kind of led you to that decision? Um, and and interesting timing after Hope Calvin. Yeah, I, I I would I would caution fans out there, our our fans are and Coach Winkleman had a, a great file in D three and you, you know Coach, uh, I I don't look into the timing of it. Um, that whole game just just happenstance, um, just hap- happenstance, right? And um, and I I think you know our statement that we released, um, Ty sums it up best. I think it was a a fit issue, um, and the college and, and coach were talking for some time and and um and it came to the conclusion that in the best interest of of calvin and, and and coach winkleman's chance to to continue his career everything kind of seemed like it was, this was the time and and in and, and yes it is disruptive um to a season but I think it, both parties felt like it was the best thing to do at the time. I don't want to jump down what I like calling the rabbit hole, but just curiosity, yeah. it, it, you know, not waiting nine more games and just do it at the end of the regular season, it, it was that important to do then? Yeah, I, 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 the college and, and coach, right, felt like, you know, probably have reached the impasse and this, is, this was the best way. Okay. Yeah, just inter- we don't get that a lot in Division Three, though the no, MIA no. is full of it this year in women's basketball. Uh, yeah. You followed Olivet by a week, and, and uh, of course, Trine had done it at the beginning of the season. All very different. Yeah. Very, I don't want to make it like everyone had the same reasons, and certainly, but certainly very interesting in the MIA this year. Yeah, well, I, I think you have to understand that, that we, we, we take it very seriously. Yes. Um, you know, my daughter's on that team. Yep. Um, and so, um, and, and if we understood it was going to be a, a process, a rebuilding process, but uh, I, I think that it ended up probably the best for Coach and, 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 my, and uh, Calvin. Well, I appreciate you answering the questions. Thank you for your time. No we always give uh, the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? 
Uh, hey, no, I, I, I'm not really. I just want to thank you again for your. Um, I've been following and been a fan of Division Three. We hosted the Division Three championships yep. um, at Northwest Fieldhouse in the '80s. I was a cowboy there. Um, I just appreciate it because I appreciate the product so much. Division Three mm-hmm. athletics, and then basketball, and then, of course, even smaller the rivalry. Um, so to to be able to talk about it with you and for your continued support, um, I just want to thank you for on behalf of Calvin. Well, thank you, Coach or Coach. I just call everybody Coach. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, appreciate your time, and uh, we'll yeah. talk sometime in the future. All right, can't wait. I look forward to it. Absolutely. All right, take care. Bye. Uh, Dr. Jim Timmer joining us, the athletics director at uh, Calvin College. Again, the rivalry coming up. And as good uh, journalists that we are, when you have rivals or you have uh, differing points of view, you get both sides of the story. When we come back, we get Hope's version of all of this. Greg Mitchell, head coach of the men's basketball team, joins us to talk about the rivalry in Game 200. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Back with more on the rivalry and more on the marathon when we come back. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division Three student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division Three teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville. I'm Amy Reed, head coach at RIT and a member of the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. We hope you enjoy the show. Now back to Dave. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here from the Hoopsville studios, presented by D3Hoops.com and the WBCA NABC. Of course, thank our partners at Blue Frame Technology and, of course, 
Also, um, City of Salem, who have jumped on board. We appreciate their time. We're going to continue our Hope Calvin rivalry, talking about Game 200 in men's basketball. Listen, we understand that the women have a, are involved in this rivalry as well. They haven't played as many games. We also know other sports are involved in this rivalry. But this is the Game 200 in men's basketball that started it all, essentially, though you could argue really what started this was the same reason that started Amherst and, and Williams. Somebody with a different opinion went and started a different school with similar ties just down the road. Um, so while we appreciate they all exist, this is Game 200 on the men's side, and it comes up on Saturday. We're going to talk to Hope's men's basketball coach, Greg Mitchell, but a reminder, stick around. Big announcement coming on the other side of that conversation and joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoops Hotline. Again, we told you we're fair and balanced as, as you should be in this rivalry. And joining us to talk about it all is Greg Mitchell, the head coach of the men's team at Hope. And, and thank you, sir, for balancing things. If cu- people are curious, we went with the home team last. I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I said we went with the home team last. Oh, hey, that's fine with me. I, <laughs> hey, I just appreciate the opportunity, and, and, and thanks for giving us the coverage. Absolutely. It's awesome. You betcha. I, I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> yeah. um, you, you've Obviously, this means you guys could be over, and this game's going to mean something, uh, mm-hmm. especially at home. We all know that. What, what, what does it really mean to, to the team to have this kind of, of game uh, and, and be you know, front and center in front of everybody's mm-hmm. eyes now? I, you know, it's always challenging to come up with the the poignant description uh, when when you ask a question like that. I mean, it's it, it means a ton to our guys. Obviously, um, not just that, that it's the 200th. I mean, it's it's in part a lot of reason why these guys come to Hope College yeah. to be a part of it. And um, you know, for us, both both teams right now, you know, it's it's typically a uh, you know a uh, a game that's going to determine the, the league champion. And, and as of right now, it probably is doubtful. So we're kind of in a different different situation. We're vying for a a spot in the um, you know the conference tournament and trying to improve our seed. For us specifically, though, you know, losing at their place earlier in in, in the season, um, it just ramps it up even more right now. We've got to we got to get the job done Saturday. Yeah, that was going to be my big question for you. You guys dropped this one at Calvin. That's got to automatically make to this one even more important to some degree. Oh, I think you're exactly right. I mean, you, you know, it's. Everybody knows how even it is. Uh, games are close, and uh, you know you want to protect your home turf. We've actually had a lot of success um, at Van Nord in the last four years, and you know now we've got to do our job at home uh, that we lost earlier. Uh, yeah, you certainly don't want to go 0 for 2 during the season. And again, it, it means a lot in the league stands, standings. It means a lot from a momentum standpoint, and and us trying to continue to climb and and believe in our process and reach our, our collective potential for the season. So it's obviously a big one on many levels. You talked, and we talked a little bit about with uh, Tim uh, Jim Timmer earlier as well. Mm-hmm. You know, normally one or both teams are at the top of the MIA or in the top twenty-five conversation or some type of major implication. And it's not to say in every single game and every single year it's been that case, but it seems a little bit weird that both programs aren't at least one of them in that conversation. Does that take any luster away from this, or is this is this game going to be maybe just as, if not more? Um, Brutal is the only word I got, but yeah. uh, t- to play because maybe there isn't that level of of focus. Right, I think that's a great question. I would go with the latter. I think we're both kind of in uh, in a situation where we want to stay within arm's reach of the top of the leagues, like in fighting for a seed, improving our, our, our position for the league tournament. Um, and you know, I don't think there's anything worse than the day after uh, losing the Hope Calvin game, and, and that just gets ramped up. It's the two hundredth. Right. For us, it's it's a home game. We've lost one, um, 
Yeah, and, and honestly, as you know, with with the situation, you know, we've got a handful of games left in the league season. We need momentum, and, and if you're going to establish some momentum, you got to we got to win this game. And uh, that it's Calvin, it's just it's that much more significant. Yeah. Well, by the way, after that, you're on the road against Kalamazoo at Adrian, at home against Alma, at home against Olivet, which is a huge game now, mm-hmm. and on the road against Albion. Uh, you know, just some games after this. I mean, it's not the end of the regular season or anything. <laughs> not at all. And then here they all you know bunched in together. We've got Hope Calvin on Saturday, and then we won't be able to practice on Sunday because that's not permitted at Hope. Right. We've got a game Monday on the road, game Wednesday. It's uh, yeah, it's a little, little bit of an NBA schedule. I yeah, guess. We, we should point out, again, the other quirk to all this is you were supposed to have played yesterday. Those games got moved to tonight and then got moved to Monday because of the weather, and so it's really adding some wrinkles. It gives you some more time to prepare for Calvin, but to some degree that may not be the best best thing for you. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're spinning it positively, of course. That's, <laughs> that's the only thing you can do, right? It's, it's great to have an extra day to, to prepare for Calvin, and, and you know what? Our legs should be fresh, so there shouldn't be any excuses. Um, you know, we're at home, and we'll, we'll deal with the, the Kalamazoo Road game when it, uh, when it presents itself on Monday. What's really interesting about this rivalry, and obviously you haven't been there for all the games, that'd be crazy, um, but that Hope leads the all-time series 103-96, so it's only a difference of seven, and there's only about 120 points, I think I read, difference in the total score if you were to take all the games and add them up. Yep. It's crazy that not only have you played 200 times, but they're, they're basically you can split this series, you know, very finely mm-hmm. that that seems like not impossible but apropos well it does and i think everybody always asks me you know how to describe it and and you know why it means what it does i think you hit the nail on the head right there first of all you know two great traditional programs and and it's just even i mean you can have great rivalries because teams don't like each other right. or whatever but you know when you have the high quality of play that that has existed for so long and and you look at the great traditions that, that you know, Coach Vanistreek has continued to build at Calvin and Coach Van Weeren that, that uh, preceded me. And um, you just, I mean, I'm just honored to be a part of it, and you want to continue it. Um, you want to live up to it. But that it's so even, it's, it's absolutely remarkable, in all honesty. Does the game take on a distraction to some degree? Yes, it's 200. But you've got a TV coverage because that normally happens. So now you're probably playing with TV timeouts more. I don't know mm-hmm. if you do during the regular season or no, not. No, we don't. So it's, it's unique to this game. Yeah, so Correct. you've got those added. Now it is game 200. You've got mm-hmm. a lot of pomp and, pomp and circumstance, like some you know the best players ever to play the game type stuff added in. Yeah. You're already going to have your crowd and, and Calvin's crowd and adding seats. But does it almost distract from it? or how, And how do you keep everybody focused on understanding, hey, yeah, it's, it's the rivalry, but it's also just it's still a game. Yep. Well, and you're right. And, and I mean, every year it's like this, uh, as far as it being that much more important. So we're kind of used to that groundswell of emotion. Um, and now it just gets ramped up even more. I'm not sure, you know, the effect it has on us as coaches or, or players. We've almost tried to joke about it. Shoot, I just got a, a text from Coach Vanistreek about a half hour ago. He goes, hey, by the way, do you know it's the, the 200th rivalry game? You know, between it was kind of... Wise guy. You know, yeah, it, it was great. And, and so it's on everybody's mind. But again, you know what? It, it, when the dust settles, you just want to play well, and you know we know we're going to respect them. They're going to respect us when it's done, and um, it, it's just awesome that it's on our schedule. It's a part of our basketball lives, and uh, you know you just want to play well. 
you have a lot of players from Michigan, and I asked uh, Jim Timmer this as well. You know, do you have to kind of tell everybody what this game is about, what this rivalry is about, but or do, do a lot of them already know that coming in? And clearly, those from Michigan, for the most part, mm-hmm. at least those close to to your neck of the woods, would understand it. But you also have some from outside the area, Palos Park, Illinois, Lansing, Illinois, not mm-hmm. Michigan. Um, and, and elsewhere, do you have to introduce them to the rivalry? Or as he put it, they're already kind of understanding that through the recruiting and, and such. Yeah, I would agree with that. They, they're all aware of it. I mean, our, our significant recruits, you know, we certainly wanted them at the, at the Hope Calvin game. I think the biggest difference is being on that stage and, and you know, having to make plays and, and, and execute, which is different. I mean, nothing can really replicate that as much as we talk about it. And the emotion and the adrenaline, the intensity builds. There's nothing like being on the on the court. So we don't have to talk about it a whole lot. We almost have to adjust to it a little bit for our new guys. But uh, it's it's something they all look forward to, that's for sure. Is there a point where you talk too much about it? Um, definitely, which uh, in all honesty, uh, with my team, uh, we don't talk much about it. I mean, I don't. I'm sure they do, and it's, they're all fired up, and they're counting the days down, whatever. But it gets enough play and, and hype. I'm way more concerned with keeping Calvin off the glass and working on the <laughs> fundamental side than I am talking about the rivalry because it'll it'll take care of itself. We've just got to we got to do a better job at the little things because that's sure. going to be the big difference. Um, you, I, there's a ton of things to talk about with the game. It there's so much about it, the history and the rivalry. Is there any any game in particular, or any moment in particular that stands out to you um, as? as your favorite memory from from this rivalry whether you were involved directly mm-hmm. or not yeah there, there are several i mean as a player I, I nothing really stuck out i mean i think we we won three and lost five so that was you know not a real good era for a four-year span um but in all and you got honesty, the head coaching job really uh, how about that I, I shouldn't have advertised that maybe i get fired monday if it doesn't go well because I'm the I'm the negative mojo but you know going to going to the game at um Evan Andel in Grand Rapids when when you know I was just I was a high school coach and a, an alum obviously and and just buying a ticket and and being a part of the eleven thousand four hundred people that were there and just seeing you know the the vast size and importance and pageantry was was pretty spectacular at the time so that was really neat and then I mean as a coach I think they're all awesome because uh, as everybody says the energy the noise the passion the the superior play. And then to know that you're a part of it is, is, is pretty awesome in itself. So no one moment I, I get caught up in just the whole tradition of, and, uh, you know, there's so many great memories. Um, before we let you go, I, I'd, I'd like, you know, at least talk about the season. You're 11-8 and eight here coming off of a 19-10 mm-hmm. and 10 campaign. I get the feeling, um, and of course, as a top 25 voter, I, I had a feeling too, but we all know how that goes. But I get the feeling that this is not the season you guys expected. No, but in all honesty, um, I knew the lay of the land first of all in our league. I think everybody in our conference got better, in my opinion. You know, we, we graduated an all-league guard who has really made a difference for us, especially at the defensive end. And um, we've had some injuries, no excuses whatsoever. Um, but it's, we've had a lot of close games, and our margin of error is just it's thin. And um, I, I like our team. I like our team a lot, and I think, in all honesty, you know, I like to, to uh, evaluate a season based on how guys practice and buy in. And, and we've had a great year of practice. Um, you know, just within the last week, I feel like we've had our best practices, so our guys are still dialed in. Um, but I also knew that, that, you know, with the schedule and our, and our season, 
it could go either way. And we've got a lot of bounces last year, and some of them haven't gone our way this year. So, but you know what? Our guys are focused forward, and we, we still feel like our potential's in front of us. And, and I believe in our team, and um, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be where I am. And I think our guys are, are going to be uh, the type of team that, that seeks their potential as we as we end the season of, in the next month. As a side note, someone in the uh, conference uh, administrator says, Vandestreek and Mitchell, two of the classiest coaches in the MIAA, always gracious, win or lose, especially Mitchell. Um, and then references something that I don't want to give the person away. So I'll leave that alone. But um, what does it mean to you that you and, you know, in this day and age especially, um, that it might be a rivalry, but people respect the programs and respect the coaching staffs? Yeah. Well, first of all, I, I appreciate that comment. I, um, you know, again, I, I'm just humbled and, and appreciative to be in the position I'm in. Basketball has been so good to me. I, I learned from the best. My high school coach, Stan Stoltz, and then obviously the Hall of Fame coach, uh, you know, Glenn Van Weren, who is a father figure to me. And, you know, I, you, you don't want to mess it up. You want to continue to help raise young men. And, and you know, coach always told us um, the guys we become after graduation is, is really the mark that he wants to make in our lives. And we want to win games, but we want to raise great men who are going to be great husbands and fathers. And, Honestly, that's what it's all about. Um, I love coaching. I love being in this league. I uh, love the chance to coach against Calvin. And you know, when the dust settles, this, this is not my record is not going on my headstone. I, I just want to be a good, good coach, good mentor, and and uh, hopefully we're we're doing a you know a good job in well, that regard. If your hope Calvin record's pretty good, that should go on your on your headstone. Right? There you go. Yeah, I can say that, but everybody else is keeping track of it. There, I got some guy etching it in my in my headstone right now. Hopefully I, I get the coach a little bit longer. If it's and, not, uh, they'll uh, etch it on the back side. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> hey, Coach, I'll, I'll, while you're here, uh, we'll make our big announcement, uh, if you don't mind, because it, it's the game's being played at your place, and Pat Coleman and I are going to be on hand. We cannot wait. Hey. We're traveling to Hope to see this 200th That's game. That's awesome. Yeah. We, uh, that's absolutely awesome. Well, uh, we'll, we'll welcome you guys aboard. I think you're gonna you're gonna love it. That's really cool. We're hoping to maybe do a pregame show while we're there. Uh, we don't. We're working with Alan. We'll see well, what we can pull yeah, off. And let us know if, if you want anything to do with myself or whatever. We'll, we'll roll out the red carpet. Just appreciate all you guys do for D three D three basketball, and it'll be great to have you in the house. Isn't it an orange carpet out there? Last we'll make it orange. We'll yeah. make it. It won't be maroon. I can tell you that. <laughs> there you go. See, of orange man. I was okay. a little worried about the red. Blue. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're looking forward to being out there for the game. I fly out tomorrow. I think Pat Good. flies in Saturday morning. Uh, looking forward to it. And as as everyone says, it doesn't matter the records here. It's it's really about the rivalry. And and we're looking forward. To, I, my first Hope Calvin game, and and mm-hmm. I'm looking. For, it won't be my first time at the arena, mm-hmm. I, but neither of your teams were playing at the arena when I visited for the women's championship. Um, gotcha. So we're looking forward to being there. And uh, any any uh, suggestions on the best spot to sit, maybe, or uh, best place to take the game in? Um, I don't have any great suggestions there. I think the nice thing about DeVos is there's not a bad seat. I mean, we're we're selling all those standing room only tickets now as well. So just get here as you can get a seat, number one. Uh, but you know, soak it up. You're going to see you're going to see great play, uh, a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, the crowd will be energized, and uh, I'm sure you'll be impressed with with just the rivalry itself. Maybe Pat and I, one of us, will sit behind each bench and then switch at hey, halftime. Kind there you go. Of, you know, and if we're it. struggling, just say, hey, you know, I'll give you the whiteboard and just dial one up for me. Cause <laughs> no, we'll, you don't want we'll that. No, get, man. you don't want that. Uh, <laughs> Coach, as always, we give you the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, hey, just the, the people who, you know, back either side, um, you know, kudos, because this rivalry is nothing without the support and the, and the fanfare and the enthusiasm that, that bleeds into all 365 days of the year. So, again, we just thank everybody for their interest and, uh, and go hope.
Well, well said. At least you got the go hope in there. there uh, go. Good luck. We'll look forward to seeing you and the game this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Thanks. Absolutely. We'll see you, Saturday. you betcha. Greg Mitchell joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. Yeah, we're coming. Pat and I decided months ago, okay, month ago, uh, officially, that we were going to travel to the game, and we're looking forward to it. It's the 200th. You can't turn down that opportunity. It worked out. I made some arrangements on my side uh, that would have normally kept me from getting there, but uh, we're going. I'm, I'm going to arrive on Friday evening. I don't know my exact arrival yet. Uh, we'll be there for the game. There's an outside chance. We're, we're trying to do a, a, a Hoopsville courtside pregame show. We'll see what we can pull off. Um, we'll be there. We'll bring back elements of the of the uh, game for uh, Hoopsville. It will not air on Sunday night. Some of you know we usually try and do a Sunday afternoon game. We were already th- our show because of Super Bowl Sunday. We were already trying to decide to move that off of Super Bowl Sunday altogether. It made no sense and move it to Monday. So this is a perfect excuse to do that. But how about the fact that Game 200 for Hope Calvin is taking place on Super Bowl weekend, by the way? You get one Super Bowl followed by another. It's going to be outstanding. So, yeah, we'll be there. I can't wait. Looking forward to it. Say hi if you can. Uh, if you can't, don't worry about it. We're just looking to, to enjoy the game and, and soak it in with the rest of the fans. Though we may be one of the more neutral parties at that game. Uh, I will not be wearing any particular color. I will not be rooting for anybody in particular. And as one article put it, this was a quote from uh, Dr. Calvin Van Werf, uh, uh, put it, an atheist is, quote, someone who goes to a Hope Calvin basketball game and doesn't care who wins. I guess you can call Pat and I an atheist or atheists, I guess, right? We'll ask Pat maybe later in the show when he joins us. And there you go. There's our big news. We're running a little bit behind, but we got to get going. We're going to stay in the Great Lakes coming up. Worcester. Talk about great rivalries. They got one with Wittenberg. It's not why we have him on, but Steve Moore will join us to talk about his team. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA NABC studios. More Hoopsville when we come back. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked the top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprinson. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. 
Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us. To, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org.